Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. This has to be one of the most exciting evenings of the year because tonight, at precisely this moment, the first debate, the first presidential debate, is beginning. It's going to run from 9 to 9.30 in Cleveland. Uh, can't wait to watch it. <laughs> at 9.30, I've got the TV set on already downstairs, so I just have to run down there. Uh, I was thinking of moving the show to another evening, but three people contacted me today and said, are you doing the show? I said, well, what do you think? And they said, do the show. We don't want to watch the debate. So at least I know I have three people listening. I know many more will because the show is archived. and More people listen to me on the archived version than on the show when I do it, at the precise time I do it. Anyhow, tonight is the War of the Roses. Tonight is, the, is a heavyweight championship fight. Uh, this is a biggie. This is an absolute biggie. I'm wondering uh, if more people will watch this debate tonight on television uh, than any other debate. I, I, I'm asking this question because I want to share with you, do you know what debate, what presidential debate got the most, the biggest audience? You'll never believe it. The first Nixon-Kennedy debate. Isn't that amazing? The first Nixon-Kennedy debate in, in flaming black and white. Nixon sweating. Oh, I felt sorry for the guy. And Kennedy looked terrific. It was an interesting debate. Uh, in fact, the, the comments the next day were even more interesting. If you watched it on television, Kennedy won because he didn't sweat. He was articulate. He was good-looking, which is very important. Uh, Nixon, on the other hand, I can't say he was good-looking. He wasn't bad-looking, but he's sweating, oh, my God, because he didn't get prepared. Kennedy's people figured out he, their men would sweat, but they knew what they had to put on his face. I don't know what the hell they covered him with, but he didn't, they didn't sweat, and he looked like he had it. On the other hand, many people listened on the radio, and those that listened on the radio thought that Nixon had won, clearly, just like those that watched television thought Kennedy had won. Just wanted to share the story with you. I think it's interesting. Tonight's going to be very interesting. I'll be disappointed if it isn't. I think the whole nation will be disappointed. We have two diametrically opposed uh, people and their thinking, uh, their conscience, their way of life, uh, religion, etc. Uh People wanted a change in this country in 2016. That's why they voted for Donald Trump. They had enough of the Bush family. They had enough of the Clintons. It was time for a change, a dramatic change. The country needed a change. We just didn't know how bad Donald Trump was going to be. Uh, he's horrible. Uh, and it's going to be the worst thing that ever happens to this country if he is reelected, which I doubt, but you never know. Would, and who would have believed he was going to get elected four years ago? Not me. I, I said, this can't happen. It isn't happening. Okay. Now, some interesting things tonight. Uh, at the last moment today, Trump's people wanted electron, They wanted someone to come in to check both of the debaters, Trump and Biden. 
to see if they had electronic transmitters or devices in their ears. This guy don't give up Trump. Uh, first he wants Biden checked to see if he's taking drugs because he's gotten awful sharp in the debates. What he's really saying is, I know he's going to out-debate me. I've got to give a reason for it. And, of course, Biden said no. Biden, people said no to this bullshit because if you say yes to one thing, he's going to hit you with 100 others. Just leave it alone. Uh, so Trump's people asked for it. Biden's people said no. It's that simple. It was over with. Again, it has to be a most exciting debate tonight. Uh very important. I think you all agree with me. Moving on. We'll talk about the debate again tomorrow. Amy Coney Barrett, Trump's nominee for the Supreme Court seat, uh, which is now empty because uh, Justice uh, Ginsburg died about 10 days ago. You know, it's amazing. The one, they're comparing Barrett to Judge Ginsburg. There is no comparison. <laughs> uh, Ginsburg was a liberal, <laughs> and she believed in the rights of women. And she, she interpreted the Constitution so women had more rights. Barrett is a far-right extremist. There's no question about it. She may be a brilliant lawyer. She was first in her law class. I am impressed with anyone who's number one in their law class. Uh, she's been a judge for three years on the Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, everything about her says this is a first-class lawyer. To be a good lawyer doesn't mean necessarily that you have the qualities of a good judge. I refer to it as flexibility and rigidity. Up until about 20 years ago, the Democrats and the Republicans, regardless of who had control in the Senate and that, all the nominees for the Supreme Court were men or a woman that the president thought and the Senate thought were going to be fair. Uh, they could see things both ways. We wanted judges who sometimes would swing. They'd go both ways. I understand conservative, liberal. In fact, we didn't even talk that way, conservative, liberal, 20, up to 20 years ago. So we got some great judges. Uh, and they believed, as I was taught in law school, and this is very important, the Constitution is a living, breathing document. It's amazing how well and understanding the founding fathers were who drafted it in 1787. They knew it had to survive. If, the, if our new country survived, the document had to survive. So the way judges take were taking the Constitution for over 200 years. They interpreted it. you got to remember, today we have airplanes. We've got cars. We've got the Internet. We've got cell phones. Uh, we've got abortion. Uh, we've got birth control pills. Uh, we've got almost universal medical care. I won't call it that, but we've got Obamacare. We didn't have any of these things back in 1787. They were not even in the minds of anyone in 1787. They were beyond comprehension or concept or thought. Excuse me. It wasn't in anybody's mind. It was something that it was going to come, but nobody knew because that's the way life develops. Anyhow, she's going to stay on the far right with her decisions. We're, we're appointing people wrong. I give the Republicans credit. They started about 20 years ago saying they were going to take over the Supreme Court, and they have. Uh, and I give 
the Heritage Foundation and the Republican Party in general success for doing it. The congratulations. I don't give it to Trump. He had three vacancies and he did what his, his people wanted. Uh, but she's going to goodbye, 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 uh, Roe v. Wade. We want an abortion. It's going to be in a back room someplace with a dirty coat hanger, as it was before we had Roe versus Wade. Uh, forget about Obamacare. That may be gone next in about a month because having Obamacare case to decide, and she will be on the bench. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's a 5-4-6-3 decision in favor of getting rid of Obamacare. Uh, I don't like her. She's not a good person. Her mental capabilities do not qualify her to be a judge. She lacks flexibility in her thinking. She is rigid, like Judge uh Scalia was. She clerked for him many years ago. Scalia said, and this woman says, you must interpret the Constitution, written in 1787, as it reads. And if whatever you got to deal with, is it in there? Goodbye. <laughs> it's gone. You, 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 cannot, you can't deal with it. You must, because the Republicans started saying 20 years ago, the Democrats legislate from the Supreme Court because they, they interpret the law as it was supposed to be. Uh, so they said, we want them to read the law and decide cases on an exact, precise reading of the law. Uh, and it must coincide in that regard with the Constitution. And that's the way we've gone. So now we have two ways of deciding cases, uh, the fixed way uh, and the flexible way. And Amy Coney Bar- Barrett, is a rigid person. She will interpret the Constitution rigidly. She ain't no Judge Ginsburg. Uh, Ginsburg, I thought, was a, was a good woman, and I thought she handled her judgeship properly over the many years because she, the court, she felt the Constitution was a breathing, living document. Uh, Bar- Barrett isn't. So she's not going to do any of the good. She could be a male for all I care. She could be a male. She doesn't have to be a female. She can be a horse. She can be a dog. Because the way she's going to decide cases are going to be generally the same. And it's going to be far-right type decisions that are going to take away everything, everything that the Democrats and liberals have worked hard for for 70 years. They're going to go. Now, what else do I want to say about her? I... um. And again, she may be a great judge. I, I believe she, her mental, not a judge, great judge. I believe her mind has to be fantastic. Would love to talk with her. I probably couldn't even talk on her level, discuss legal problems. But she doesn't have that flexibility that I think is a necessary ingredient in a justice, especially a justice of the Supreme Court. She's 48. She's going to be there another 30 years. Think of the damage she's going to do to this court. Uh, And you can blame yourselves. We elected Trump, (laughs) and we knew this could be a danger. No one thought three judges would get to a point, but it happened. Now, there's another reason I I don't approve of her. Uh, The Wall Street Journal this morning said, uh, she's a Catholic. You know, and like it's good to have a Catholic, especially she's considered a very religious woman, by the way, you know, a good religious Catholic on the bench. Well, she ain't a Catholic. She 
has not been a Catholic. If she was at the beginning, she hasn't been for many, many, many years. She and her husband belong to a religious group. I, I can't even describe it as a church called People of Praise. People of Praise. And they're a little weird. It's the only way I can describe them. Their thinking process is way out. They're charismatic. I don't know if you ever attended a charismatic mass or met some charismatic people. They're wacky. Uh, I mean, they, they, they believe that uh, the Holy Spirit comes to them and talks in tongues, which means they, the, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, speaks to them in a different language uh, than they understand or know. But yet they understand that language when the Holy Ghost is speaking to them. They attend their services with their hands up in the air, their holy roller types. Uh, I, I, ugh, I don't see how she can, her religious background helps her. Also, so you understand where I'm coming from, too, one of the tenets of her religious thinking, part of this people of praise religious group, which I consider a cult, is that the wife must do everything the husband tells her. Now, that's great. Perhaps I'd like to go back to that way society was and have all the rights <laughs> in a house and you do what I want, lady. But that isn't the way it is. Women, women have fought for over 100 years to be equal. They're not even equal. They're going ahead of us today. It scares a lot of men. But going back, she's going back to the Bible. <laughs> the good book says, you know, listen. The Old Testament says it. Listen to your husband. Women must listen to their husband. Not the way it is today, but that is the thinking that she has. See, I said she was smart. She is. She has an intellect, but she does not have a heart. She's incapable of having one because of her training as to how to interpret the Constitution and because her religious uh, background at the present time uh, doesn't permit it, prohibits it. That's all. Just prohibits it. So that's the story there. I don't want, I don't like her, but she's going to be there, and she's going to be there for a long time. Exciting the last few days. Donald Trump yesterday, the New York Times came out with information from 20 of his tax returns, 20 years of his tax returns. Where they got them, nobody knows. They haven't printed any copies of them for fear uh, it would reveal their source, and they have a right to protect their source. And how the hell their source got them, I don't know, because no one's been able to get them up to this time. And it was interesting, interesting. Donald Trump is a broker. He's a loser. <laughs> he doesn't make money. <laughs> I, I can't believe it. <laughs> he lives like a king. He knows how to live. He lives off debt. And he lives off someone else's money, okay? He borrows money, rarely pays it back. Uh, and yet, look, look at the apartment he had on the top, top floor of Trump Towers on Fifth Avenue. He built it for himself, gold-plated the walls and ceilings, every room. Uh, this guy knows how to live. He had his own big private jet. Uh, but yet he was a broker all those years. In 2016, the year he was elected to the presidency, he only paid $750 in taxes. The next year, he only paid $750 in taxes. In 10 of the 15 previous years, 
to his taking, uh, becoming president. That's 2016. He did not pay taxes at all. Now, his tax returns are supposed to be a foot or 18 inches high, as they are described, every year. Because he has all this, all the stuff he's involved in, and he takes deductions for everything. Uh, these tax returns are going to lead to his demise, not, not his actual death, but his demise as a, a popular figure and a respected figure. He still has what thirty-eight percent of the population respects him. They won't. Most of them won't afterwards. Uh, how can you? Support a man when you can't put food on the table and you don't have a job uh, who makes that kind of money and doesn't pay taxes. Uh, the other thing, is, this is so beautiful. Every year Forbes does a listing of the 100 richest men in the United States. They, at one time it was 100 millionaires, the top 100 millionaires, and also the top 100 uh, billionaires. And every year, the last few years, Donald Trump is fighting with Forbes. They list him. But he doesn't like where he's listed. Like I think this past year, as a billionaire, they had him down with sixty thousand billion. He wanted to be worth forty billion. Now we find out he isn't worth anything. He bullshitted Forbes. He, he, if he had to put out a financial statement, he's a loser. He puts out financial statements for the banks, but they're lies. He, he, he throws things in that aren't. He takes things out that look bad, so he'll look like a good credit risk. Uh, big day for America yesterday, uh, and in due course, these returns are going to hurt Trump. And even a pardon won't save his ass because the, the district attorney, Manhattan's district attorney, uh, that is a state district attorney, uh, any pardon that Trump might get from a president uh, will not will only affect a federal crime. It won't affect a state crime. And taxes are involved in the state crime uh, listing also. So he's he's got problems. His whole family's got problems. Uh, and i got to believe that tax question's going to come up on TV tonight in the first half hour. And I'm sorry I'm missing it, as I'm sure most of you are. Uh, now, another thing. I don't know if you knew this. Trump was saying about a month ago, very nicely, very proudly, very humbly that he had been nominated for the the Nobel Peace Prize. The Nobel Peace Prize. He had been nominated. And I was impressed. <laughs> you have to be impressed. Everybody had to be impressed. That's a big deal. Now, I don't know how many they nominate. They only pick one we know. But the mere fact they're nominating him. They have to be crazy, because if you look at what he has accomplished, he's got the world on the verge of war all the time. This isn't a man of peace. Well, come to find out, so far, there have been 318 people, <laughs> 318 people nominated for the, Pul the next Pulitzer Peace not Pulitzer, Nobel Peace Prize, Trump being one of them. 318 candidates. What happens now is the group who selects uh, the person to receive the award has certain standards or things that must be met, and they go through these 318 nominations uh, to see who qualifies and who doesn't. Whatever the ones that qualify to their standards get put into the final group. Now, I don't know if that's three 
50 or 100 or what. I don't know. Uh, and I only share this with you because it so happens that in 2018, Trump was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize also. We did not hear about it, and I'll tell you why. First, the person who nominated him in 2018 and nominates him this year is the same fellow. He is a politician, a federal legislator uh, from northern uh, Norway, and he had a right to nominate. In fact, I have the right to nominate any professional person, any political person of high standing, and a congressman or senator would be one, uh, any college professor of note, they are all qualified to nominate a, someone. So he was nominated in 2018, but he did not get past that inspection. He didn't meet the standards. That's why we never heard it. This time, he's assuming he's going to meet the standards, and he was talking about it. Plus, it'll help him get reelected, uh, get elected, rather. And we don't read about this much. I think the, the country has to know that he is only one of 318 people. So that's it there. Uh, Nicholas Kristof, New York Times reporter. I think he's one of the finest uh, columnists worldwide. This guy's just terrific. He's got a great thinking mind. He's, he's no bullshit. He's right on. And he lays it all out in simple fashion, easy to understand. And uh, I don't always agree with him, but rarely do I not agree with him. Uh, anyhow, uh, recently he published a column. He's an opinion writer for the New York Times. He published a column. And the column was titled, We're, num we're, not, we're not Number 28 anymore we're dropping no more no it's no more number one we're number eight and we're 28 and we're dropping in other words for years all of us have thought we're number one in the world what do you want to talk about army navy air force we're number one how we manufacture what we produce uh, how we handle money. We're the richest nation in the world. We're number one in any everything. We got the mess, best medical uh, hospitals, doctors, people, big shots. Uh, leaders of foreign countries come here for their surgeries. We have everything. We are number one. Christoph said, hello, folks, wake up. We're no longer n number one. We are number 28. And last year we were number 19, and we dropped again this year, and we'll probably drop next year. We're on a spiral downward. People do not consider us number one anymore. But Donald likes to say, oh, we're number one in this, we're number one in that. Let's be realistic. He hasn't helped. <laughs> Obama's partly responsible. It was under Obama we started going down. But... He has really accelerated the downward passage in the last four years. Now, let's see. What is some of the things Christoph said? Well, first of all, he quoted uh, uh, Michael Porter, who's um, involved with the Harvard business. Uh, he's a Harvard, Harvard University professor who said, and I quote, it's like we're a developing country, developing country, you know, countries in Africa, certain countries, certain countries in the Middle East, in the Far East, 
that haven't made it, haven't improved their lifestyle in, in forever, all right? They're called developing countries. They're hoping. They work hard to get better. That's where we are now. We're not the developed country. We're considered, we're compared to developing uh, countries. Uh, I'm going to give you where we rank in some places. We rank, interestingly, we're 28th in the world. We're also, we also rank 28th in quality of life. The only place we still rank number one is with our universities. You get the best education in the world in the United States. We rank number 91 in access to quality basic education, middle school, grammar school, high school, number 97. We are not preparing our children anymore to go to college and university and really learn. We are not putting out students, graduates, who can compete with the graduates from other countries, Russia, China. They're smart, our, their people are smarter than us. They're getting a better uh, edu basic education. In medical and uh, quality health care, quality health care, even with Obamacare, because we only cover 23 million with that, we're, we're 97th in quality health care. 97th with these beautiful hospitals, doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs, doctors and nurses. I'm getting carried away here. We're only 97th in the world. Uh, we are, and this is all what Christoph said in his article, uh, we are on a level for who's the best in this and who isn't and where do we stand. We're equal to Ch Chile and Jordan. Chile and Jordan are about 28th in the world, too. They are the people that we can legitimately uh, say we're like them and they could say they're like us. A shame for us, pride for them. Uh, also, our children... Our children are on an education level on par. Their education is on par with two countries, <laughs> Uzbekistan, I repeat, Uzbekistan, and Mongolia. Also, in his article, he said that uh, a majority of countries have lower homicide rates than the United States. A majority of countries have lower traffic fatality rates than the United States. A majority of countries have better sanitation and Internet access. Can you Even down to basic garbage pickups and the Internet. I thought my Internet's terrific. I love the Internet. They're better in other Their Internet in other countries are better. And when it comes to, to discrimination against minorities, oh, boy. We have reached number 100. We are number 100 in the world in discrimination against minorities, something to be proud of. Now, it was, he recognized, uh, Christoph, that, that the report that he was talking about uh, and getting these facts from had been published prior to coronavirus earlier this year. Uh, so there's no mention of coronavirus in the report. Uh, he says, though, had it been mentioned, it probably would have exasperated the slide downward by America. Uh, now, 
Also, he said that the impact of coronavirus is going to affect health, longevity, and education, at least for 10 years, in the United States and Brazil. Those are the only two countries he mentioned. Now, Brazil's been a pig with coronavirus. I guess we've been a pig with coronavirus because Brazil's president said it was a hoax and did nothing. Got big numbers. Trump said it was a hoax and did nothing. Uh, And I've got more data here, more things to talk about. Uh, But my time is running, and I just want to give you the quote at the end of Christoph's article. He said, wake up, America. We are no longer the country we thought we are. All right. Now. Trump wants, my time is running, I'm in my last minute. Trump wants to rewrite history, he's crazy, so did Adolf Hitler. We're going to burn our books now and rewrite new ones. So we have a, we have a, we, we teach our children a patriotic history, not necessarily an honest history. Uh, and so forth. And then my time's out. Man, I had a lot of stuff tonight, but... It's hard to determine how much material I'm going to get out in an evening. You'd be surprised. So I always have more than I need because I'm always afraid I'm going to run out. Never happens. Anyhow, those of you who are here tonight, thank you for joining me. Those who listen the rest to me during the archive or from the archive portion during the week, I thank you for joining me there also. I love doing uh, this Blog Talk radio show. My numbers go up every week, though I think they will go down this week. And I thank you for telling your friends about the show and more people listening to it. And I look forward to being with all of you next week again.